Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer and aspiring software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. Hustle, 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 hard, hard. Hustle, 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 hard, hard. It's very common for software developers to have a side hustle. Whether it is building an application for sale, consulting in your spare time, or even recording a podcast, a sizable chunk of the development community is doing work on the side. Given how high the average developer pay scale actually is compared to many other jobs, it's surprising how many of us are doing things on the side. So we created this episode to discuss some of the benefits and pitfalls that developers face when they start a side hustle. But before we get started, Will, what have you been fighting this week? Well, I am trying not to pant because I just had to run up the stairs to get the dogs out of the room that's right above us because the neighbor's dogs are in the yard and the younger dog has learned to how to push the blinds aside and look at the other dogs and bark at them <laughs> just continually. So yeah, yeah, I uh, could have done without that. I am looking into um, some TLS related issues at work, which is um, always entertaining. It's, you know, we're pretty sure that we've got everything like it's supposed to be, but uh, was it TLS? What's One- TLS? Transport layer security. Okay. I think it's 1.0 and 1.1 are going away. You know, here very soon, like in the next two months, Microsoft's going to close that off for ADO connections. And so we're, we're pretty sure that we've got it, but we're like, yeah, we ought to test that and just make sure, you know, and so we're scrambling around and um, setting up servers and, you know, running test beds and all this stuff. And so that's mainly what I've been dealing with and trying to pour through the Microsoft documentation to, to try to figure out exactly what, any changes would entail if it, you know, if it doesn't go right. Like if, uh, if there's registry settings that we need to give to the clients, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And so it's just been a whole lot of reading docs today. <laughs> just lots of docs. Well, it's been a hectic day. I got to do some pair programming with our senior API developer this morning, kind of to help solve a problem he was having. Uh, I was mostly a squeaky rubber duck, but I did get to learn a few things. That was kind of nice. Um, then I got to explain what I've been doing with the logging to our lead API developer. Uh, she actually asked some tough questions around that. It was kind of uh, interesting to to explain that to her and have to talk to it and have to talk to someone who is not familiar with what I'm doing, but is an advanced, you know, knowledgeable developer. So that was that was a new challenge I haven't really faced because normally when I talk to you about things or to our other advanced developers, they're they kind of already interact in the same world. Yeah. So it was it was kind of cool. Then we found a bug in an app that my team had inherited that was created about a year ago when they changed the data that was going into the ID column in a materialized view, causing it to not have a unique identifier. This one was a tricky one to find and fix. So is that like, uh, like they took an ID and then they concatenated, they string concatenated with something else to make uh, like a major, uh, make an ID in the view. Oh man, I hate it when people do that because Mm -hmm. it never, it never plays nice. Yeah. So we had to postpone recording this week because I fell ill and was out of commission on Monday 
The doctor said it was an upper respiratory infection, gave me meds, and you know, told me to take it easy. Feeling a bit better, but still not 100%. Speaking of medicine, though, I have something medical for IOTs. This week for IOTs, I have a product called VBOT. A quote from the website, our mission is to make the whole procedure of venipuncture automated to reduce error and decrease venipuncture times. For those of you not initiated into the medical world, venipuncture is when you draw blood from your vein. And this is really a fascinating use of robotics and IoT in the medical industry. It's a robot that uses ultrasound and near-infrared imaging to map the veins in a person's arm. It then selects the best spot to insert the needle. Now, obviously, this doesn't have the touch of a good nurse or doctor, but will help with patients that are chronically ill and have to have a lot of venipunctures or have like deep or hard-to-find veins. I know I've had to start IVs using an ultrasound to find a vein before, and it's kind of a neat procedure to do, uh, but this is sort of an automated way of doing it. Now, while this isn't for your average IOTzer, check out the website and read the story about how two students designed this to help with medical research and patient care. It's kind of neat. Yeah, it, it does sound mildly horrifying if it gets hacked, though. <laughs> you know, you're you're going to get sewed. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I initially cringed when I heard the term venipuncture because I realized immediately what that meant. And I was just, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a word for that. And it just, it sounds worse when it sounds medical. If you say so. Yeah, it does to me. Doesn't okay. to you because you're, you know, you get that background. So who's talking to us this week? Well, we got a comment on the Differentiate Yourself episode from Ashish. It says, hi, I really love this episode. I'm the sort of person who is trying to write Hello World in all languages possible. I am a .NET developer for about two years now. Over the last year, I've been trying to experiment with all sorts of technologies, but of late, I've started to realize it's taking me nowhere. This episode actually nailed it. So going forward, I hope to focus on more concrete subject matters like problem solving, online presence, etc. Thanks once again. Keep up the great work. Ashish. Ashish, thanks for the comment. Uh, we try to mix our subject matter between those technical episodes and the soft skills episodes to help everyone be complete developers. Send us an email to neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com with your contact information because we've got a Complete Developer water bottle just for you. Guys, if you'd like your very own Complete Developer water bottle, leave us a review in iTunes or comment on the website or any of our social media. We post all our episodes to Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Google+. We're also on Instagram, Tumblr, and Path. Check us out each week on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube Live where we talk about what's going on in the tech world and answer listener questions. Or you can join the conversation anytime via Slack by going to slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. It's that time of year again. Beej and I are getting ready for Nashville's premier polyglot technology conference. This year, Music City Code has combined forces with Music City Agile and Music City Data, and by their powers combined, they form Music City Tech. Have you ever wondered what it's like to record a podcast? Sit in the audience as we host a panel at the conference that will later, through the magic of editing, become an episode. Meet us and the Junior Developer Toolbox crew at our booth and get some really cool Complete Developer swag. Music City Tech is a three-day event from May 31st to June 2nd consisting of simultaneous conferences, Music City Code, Music City Agile, and Music City Data. 
each focused on a particular community of technology professionals held at Vanderbilt University. Speaker sessions have been finalized, and sessions can be found at sessions.musiccitytech.com. Tickets are currently on sale, and attendees can register at completedeveloper.musiccitytech.com. Ask many established software developers, and you'll discover something interesting. A lot of us are doing things on the side that aren't considered traditional hobbies. Many of these things might eventually be used to make a living or improve our careers. What is it about tech and the people in it that drives this trend, and what benefits and problems can you expect if you take up a side hustle? We're about to help answer that question for you. Whether it is producing content such as podcasts, blogs, and videos, consulting, or building applications for personal use or for sale, or even creating other content like music and books, there's a lot to be gained by hustling on the side, a lot of which is much more difficult to get in a regular job. This can often be puzzling to those who work with developers, as nothing seems to motivate us to give it up. Let's talk about why that is. So we're going to start talking about what we mean by side hustle, and then we're going to get into some of the benefits of side hustle and then some of the downsides of side hustle. And then finally, we're going to close it out by talking about some tips for having your own side hustle. So what do we mean by a side hustle? And there really isn't a good widespread agreement on what the term means. So we're going to define it right now. First off, it's intended to make money. If you're not trying to make money, it's a hobby. And hobbies are perfectly fine. Will and I both have tons of hobbies that we do to varying degrees. Some we would rather do more of than we do now, but you know. Yeah. But that is not what we're talking about here. We are not talking about hobbies in this episode. Um, another characteristic is that they don't always succeed. It tends to be more of a business venture than not. In other words, there's kind of a defined endpoint if it doesn't work, that you stop doing it. Now, this differs from training as well in that... You have to contend with finding a market. So in training, you're building things to try and a little bit of resume-driven development type stuff, and it's not something that you're going to sell. You're building things to practice and learn with, and you can learn while doing a side hustle, but the idea of a side hustle is to make extra money or to make money on the side. Yeah, um, and it also differs from investing uh, for much the same reason. So that's, you know, that's another uh, weird wrinkle. And the final thing is it stops being a side hustle once it becomes a full-time job. So we're talking about side activities, essentially, that are a little bit more than a hobby and a little bit less than a job. So, you know, something that you may spend 8 to 10 or even up to 20, 25 hours a week working on that are either producing income or there is a plan for them to bring in income. Yeah. And, you know, when I was writing this outline... Initially, I included uh, open source in there. Of course, the thing with open source is it's kind of in a funny space there because it's you're not necessarily trying to make money, um, but it does seem to have that same level of passion. So a lot of these things do still apply to it, but it wasn't a perfect fit. So I kind of left it out. It's somewhere between hobby and learning and community um, involvement, volunteering. So it's like this weird blend of yeah. things. Open source al almost, well, it really deserves its own episode. And we'll probably do one on it. So starting off, the benefits of a side hustle. The first one is it's an opportunity to play with new tech. Now, while it's not focused on learning, it is a place that you can do some resume-driven development or you can do some things that you may not get to do in your day job. Right. So like if your day job is doing ASP.NET web forms, 
you can do a .NET Core and Angular app on the side. And that's completely okay, right? Because it's not like resume driven development in a job is not a real good thing. If you do it in a side project and it's measured in such a way that you're the one taking the risk and you're not taking too much risk, then mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. Resume driven development in the job is a great way to not have a job. Yeah. This, however, is a great way to build up skills that you know you're going to eventually need. So, like Will said, if your day job, the job that pays the bills is doing web forms in .NET, but you really want to learn Angular so that maybe your next job can be in a place that's using it, and you've gone, you you maybe have already done all the tutorials and you've done the practice stuff and, and that, and you're ready to get a real project, this is a way to get that experience, to show practical experience in that next job interview. Yeah, nothing beats real-world experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing with this is it's an opportunity to try new things that may change the way you look at your existing work. You know, sometimes you'll bring things back in mm-hmm. from the side work. The next one is it provides the ability to make your own mistakes rather than mitigating others' mistakes. And sometimes you may have a job where you get to do a lot of greenfield development. Like where I'm working, I'm doing mostly greenfield development, but I do have some projects that I I work on or when I'm working on the maintenance team where I have to work with older things. Technical debt is a serious drain on motivation. Yeah. And I mean, I'm doing mostly brownfield development right? and it hits me every so often. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, I enjoy it. It makes things uh, more challenging, but man, it wears on you after a while because you're like, I know the perfect decision and I can't get there from here. And if you've got a brand new side project, you can. And that's, I think, a lot of the reason why a lot of developers do this is, like, it's a situation that I control that space. Ten years from now, if someone has to come in and maintain... Your side project. Well, not my side project, my code at work. Yeah. They're going to be very happy because of all the complaints I hear from you about having to go into older code, do brownfield development and stuff. And so, when I'm making decisions, I purposely try to make them so that I, I think, all right... How do I not annoy myself when I have to come back into this? Yeah. Um, with, with your side projects, you can do that greenfield development that you may not get to do on the job. Yeah. And when you aren't having to fight tech debt and, you know, just general structural issues with other people's code, it can remind you of how you felt when you first got into coding. I mean, do you remember like that feel the first time you popped up a form on the screen and got it to do something? Like you made the machine do something? That feeling, you don't have that in a day job a lot of times. You know, this can bring that back and this can either help improve your attitude going into the office so that you're happier when you go in because you're not fighting this all the time. You're, Hmm. you're, you're winning on the side at least, or it can spur you towards changing jobs. If the office environment is particularly pathological and your side work is really good, you'll notice the pathology in the office way more and you won't be there very long. One of the defining characteristics of a side hustle is the intention to make money. Therefore, one of the benefits is that you can get some potential extra income. Now, you shouldn't rely on this. You know, if, if you're building an app and, you know, you're putting your effort into it to sell it or, you know, maybe it's a software as a service type thing. However, it can work out for a lot of things. Um, the extra money may not be enough to pay all of the bills, but even a little can make it easier to save for various goals. Yeah. And I mean, we've had, you know, I've had stuff that was on the side that made a little bit of money and it was like beer money, Mm -hmm. you know, and some of the consulting was way better than that. 
but there's nothing that tastes as good as a beer that you bought with something that you developed from scratch. Very true. Depending on the beer. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you sometimes buy some really good stuff and sometimes buy some really yeah. rank stuff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things, you know. Anyways, if you're making money on the side from your work, you can also write off some of the expenses. But you do have to be careful um, about audits. The room we're sitting in to record in, right? Theoretically, I could write this space off. My accountant basically told me, don't even try to do that because, yeah, you'll save a little bit of money, but all it takes is an audit and you've wasted so much time, it's, it will never be worth it. Um, you know, write off equipment that you buy and that kind of stuff, you know, that can be directly traced to the business, but don't go, oh, the space in my house and all the electricity and rent and all, you know, all the stuff that goes with that goes to business. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Yeah. There's, there's some trade offs there where it's, it's not worth the risk. Yeah. You have to do a cost benefit analysis. On this and go, all right, is the benefit I'm getting from writing this off worth the risk of what happens if I get an audit? Right. So like here, you know, we have a server rack here and we've got a recording equipment. So you say, okay, I can write this room off, but I've got two bookshelves. You know, they've got fantasy novels and all kinds of crap on there. I've got my wine cabinet over here. You know, it would be weird in an audit. So like, I'm not sure that I could swing that. And rather than have to keep all that stuff out of the room, I'd rather have it in here and just not. You know, take the tiny tax cut. However, the server rack, the server and the recording equipment, you can write off because you have receipts and it's very easy. If you do get audited, you just bring in the receipts. So the amount of effort for those, if you get audited, is a lot different than the amount of effort for the room. So again, cost benefit analysis on what you write off because of audits. Really, neither one of us are tax experts or accountants, so you should probably talk to one. Another thing that helps with the extra income is it makes it easier to justify the time you're spending both to yourself and to others. Uh, don't discount this. It gets more helpful over time. Um, you know, I've, I've done several side projects that did not get any revenue in. There was no money coming in, nothing. It's harder to justify that to a spouse or to, you know, your kid, even something that you're doing on the side that is getting revenue or is close to getting revenue. And the other thing is it makes it easier for you to continue, too, because you're seeing a a check coming in. You you see money coming in. And so it makes it a lot easier for you to justify the time expenditure as well. The next benefit for having a side hustle is better networking in areas in which you're interested. Yeah. And so if you're doing something interesting in a particular space, you'll begin interacting with people in that space. And those people can help you, especially if you're providing a product or you're doing something useful for them. If you stick with it for a while, you'll have established a strong body of work in a particular specialty that can help you get a job in it if you choose. Yeah, and you really never know where your contacts lead when you're networking without desperation. A side project is a good way to do this. Like when you know when you've just been downsized and you're trying to network, you know, you're the Facebook ninja that pops up that nobody's seen in 2 years and you're looking for work. Like that's a very desperate place to be. Whereas if you've been in the industry and you've been interacting with people, it's a lot easier to go, hey, I'm out of work now. You know anybody that's looking for somebody? Mm-hmm. And they, they already know what you can do. So you're set. You never know the people you're going to meet through your network. So we've met some very interesting people we've had on the podcast. We recently had an episode with a couple of guys from Six Figure Developer Podcast. Yes. Where, you know, we met them through a conference. We found out about through networking at another conference. 
<laughs> yeah, the effects are um, they're more than additive. Yeah, you know, uh, there's there's something about raising your own viral coefficient as far as getting on people's radar, and this is a really good way to do it without looking markety. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of developers are very resistant to self marketing, so this is a, a backdoor way for them to market themselves without feeling like that's what they're doing. Right. The next benefit is the ability to cross-train in a variety of areas other than just software development. So if you're building your own thing, your own app or whatever, you'll get to learn about sales, web hosting, marketing, design, and all sorts of other things. In fact, you'll have to. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) uh, You're going to get thrown in that pool in the deep end and you get to swim. So when we started podcasting, Neither one of us knew very much about audio equipment and audio editing. Now, I've learned more than Will has because he's been like a curmudgeon about learning it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I've been busy with other stuff, too. And no, just, just like writing content and like having yeah. a good workflow for that, like that's been a huge, mm-hmm. huge thing for me. Oh, yeah. Um, like the marketing stuff for you, uh, you've done a lot more of that than I have. I've, I had some experience with it before, but yeah, you've gone beyond what I had before we got into this. Yeah, and all the analytics and just all the all the stuff going around it. I've also learned how deeply I despise WordPress, but that's another thing altogether. <laughs> you know, the upside on this is really hard to predict. You know, when we started the podcast, who knew that Will would do public speaking? Or like going to conferences and standing out in front of a booth and talking to people. Like, do you remember when we were at Music City Tech with a booth last year? Because this is when the transition happened. Yeah. Right? Like, you decided that your role was to make me socialize with other people because, like, I'm reticent to do that mm-hmm. on average. Like, we that we agreed to that going in. It's not like yeah. you just up and decided that. It's like, no, I, you know, somebody's got to push me. And then there's, I remember one point I was standing out in the front of the booth and talking to people, and I look over at you and you're sitting back with your arms crossed, just like, Huh. I well, guess I'll have a Coke then. The reason we <laughs> the reason we did that was because I got to treat the conference as training by going to a certain number of talks. So you were gonna be at the booth more. Right. And you're like, all right, you've really gotta push me to get out there and like this was the conversation we had. You were like, You gotta you really gotta yeah. make sure I'm out there talking to people and not just hiding behind the booth. And I came back from one of the talks and I was going to relieve you so you could go to the bathroom or do whatever. And you're you're out in front talking to like three or four people and then someone else comes up and you just like bring them in to the conversation and include them. And I'm, I'm watching this. And I'm like, this is the stuff that I do. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember you had the strangest look on your face like, well, crap, what, what am I supposed to do now? Because <laughs> you know, we didn't plan that. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. You know, we picked up these skills. Right. And you don't know where that goes next. I spoke at DevSpace in Huntsville. Um, you know, I've been speaking in front of uh, NSS and Covalence regularly. Um, I would have been at bar camp, you know, the whole surgery thing, right? <laughs> so, but this is not a path in my life that I would have thought I would have gone down. Right. And so you don't know where this is going to open up. So just be open to it opening up. So another thing that uh, Side Hustle gives you is being challenged when much of your day job is writing boring code. Like, I personally am getting, I get a little burnout with a lot of the software development stuff going on now because I feel like um, when I started, you built things and now it feels more like you're gluing things together instead of building things. 
And it's like you get a kit and here's all the loose parts and their node packages and you glue them together, you know, or their NuGet packages. Like it feels more like that than the way it used to. Because back in the day, I mean, I remember writing my own serializer, right? And now it, it, people look at you like you're insane. And so during the day job, you tend to end up gluing more stuff together and, and doing stuff that gets a little bit tedious after a while. And you, you tend to do a bit safer coding. Right. Because like it's a it's a business app, like it can't fall over. It can't, you know, whatever. And oh, yeah, there's regulations and there's all this other stuff. And you got to clear stuff with management. And it. Yeah. And yeah. when you're doing things on the side for yourself, especially, or if some, you're building something, then that's when you get to experiment. You get to try out the new things. You get to learn things that you can you can actually then take back. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's like, it's like going from painting a public toilet to painting a landscape, you know, like your side project is painting a landscape, whereas like corporate life, you know, it's a square box. I've never tried to paint a public toilet. You haven't? No. <laughs> you should do that sometime, <laughs> especially when it's in use. <laughs> it's really easy. Uh, apparently to do this for too long and stagnate your career. And I say apparently because I haven't been in it long enough. Yeah. For it, to- it takes about five years to get to the, because you're still in that, that rapid learning. Yeah. And once you get kind of the top of that curve where it levels off and it, like you don't, you don't uh, grow as fast after about mid-level mm-hmm. as you do, you know, between, you know, starting out and mid-level. What a lot of people do is they get there and they go, okay, I made it. I'm good. And they don't learn anything at their day job much. And they don't ever push the boundaries. So, yeah, a, a side project will get you out of that rut and help you avoid that. Right. Because if you stay there, you'll be in your day job for the same one for 10, 15 years. And then they decide, hey, we can't get developers to maintain this technology. We need to move forward and build things that are more scalable, more maintainable. So suddenly you're either you're either going to have to catch up for 15 years of dragging your feet or heck just a year of it yeah we'll do it in some spaces like if you're a front-end you know javascript developer you can't sit around honestly i don't think you can ever just sit around for like a month <laughs> those people are crazy but um you know if you're on the middle tier you can probably sit around for you know a couple of years and get yeah. away with it if you're on the database you know like real real back end maybe even longer than that but there's a point where you you can't do it anymore you really want to you want to have learned the new stuff before you have to have learned it. Mm-hmm. A project gives you the opportunity to break out of that stagnation and gives you ways to approach things that are useful even to bring back to your day job. Never underestimate the value of avoiding complacency. Yeah. The final benefit we're going to talk about is that a side hustle can help protect you from burnout if you do it right. This is a space that you control. Others can mess up their space, but not yours. Yeah. And it's it's amazing what that autonomy can do for you. Now, it can go either way, right? Because you can mess it up and then it's all on you. Right. Um, it's also relatively consequence-free if you decide not to work on a side project or quit it entirely, at least until the money starts coming in and then you have to adjust budget. Right. I mean, if you've done this right, then your money that's coming in is bonus money. Yeah, it's you know, it goes into a rainy day fund or goes into a vacation fund or something like that. Right. You can outsource some of the stuff you don't like doing if you have cash. So like in your day job, let's say that you really, really hate doing CSS. Most people do. Yeah. 
Now, you might be able to pawn that off on a junior developer who really does like it. That's what I do. <laughs> However, if I didn't have that and I had to write the CSS in my day job and try to make it clean and all, it would be pretty annoying. I mean, I can do it. Like, it's not, I'm not bad at it, but it takes me a while and I don't enjoy it. But in a side project, I wouldn't do that. I'd go to Theme Forest, I'd get a bootstrap theme, drop it on there, do my thing. I can pay somebody like seven bucks for a theme instead of me writing CSS. Like, that's a no-brainer. And you're allowed to do that. You are management. There is nobody policing this. That is unbelievably freeing when you can do that. You can also design the project so that you avoid the things that you don't like doing at your job. So, like, using the mouse, I'm going to write a console app. Right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, legit, a lot of the stuff I have done has been... You know, in that kind of space, though, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've got a I've got a data access library that I wrote um, for a side project that I can use on anything because I retain the rights to it. Um, it was a side project with a, another individual, but I, I retain the rights. You would be surprised how useful that has been on a few occasions where I'm like, I don't want to write a bunch of database code. So I just drop that thing in there, change a few pieces of text and it's a T4 template. So it spins up and I've got a way to talk to the database without a whole lot of extra thought. That is extremely useful, and it helps protect me from burnout in a way that I'm not having to fight with that same old thing at home as I would at a job. Right. That's been some of the benefits. Now we're going to talk about some of the pitfalls or downsides of having a side hustle. And the first one is you may end up wasting a lot of time. Yeah, and and I will put waste in air quotes a little bit, Um, although that said, like there's a lot of what I've done. Um, I've had... Uh, one side project or another since about 2004, and I haven't had a whole lot of periods in there where I didn't. Um, in fact, with the exception of the first couple of years of my daughter's life, I don't think there's really been more than about six months. Mm-hmm. Now, most of my projects did not make any money. They were all intended to, but you know they were all learning projects. And it would be real easy to look at those as a waste of time. I've had several apps that have that fell apart, usually with partners who bailed a little too early after months and hundreds of hours of work. Some of these projects have cost hundreds or even thousands of dollars, and I lost tens of thousands of dollars that I could have made had I been consulting. That's very true. It's one of the things that worries me about taking on side projects. Yeah. Is you know that I'll put a lot of time into it and you know, you and I worked on one project and we ended up not taking it because after what was like a month and a half of us spending eight to 10 hours a week yeah, going to meetings and stuff like that. They wanted to pay us like $400 or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was just like, (laughs) what? It was ridiculous. And we're like, yeah, no. Uh, And so we just, we said, no, we're not going to take the project. I have thought on this a lot and something that I would say would be rather than, you know, putting in the time and hoping to get paid and things like that. If you're going to take on work, like yeah, you got to get paid up front. Get get paid up front and get and get paid to build a thing. Right. Not you're going to hire me on to work, you know, so many side hours. It is you're paying me to build this product for you. Right. And that's what this one project was initially and then it shifted. And yeah. it was just not what we wanted at all. Now I've had several apps like I said and you know some of those were hundreds and hundreds of hours of mm-hmm. hey, we're working on this, we're building this thing up. We're almost ready to go, and the other party has a major life event and bails. Right. And then you got nothing. You're left holding the bag. And that's happened several times. I do think that you and I would probably do better 
in that scenario than me and some of the other people because um, we got a better working relationship. And the other thing is, is now I'm older. And so I know all the things that can go wrong. There, There is that. Plus, you and I tend to not let major life events affect our work. Right. As as much as other people do. Well, and the other thing is, is we don't, um, we don't plan to have major life events. Like if it's stuff that you plan, you know, it's either, okay, I'm, I'm not going to let this affect my work or I'm not going to take something on with a partner and then bail. We, we plan for, oh, you know, if say I were to meet someone, we were going to get married or something. Well, you know what? That year that I was going to get married, you and I wouldn't start a new project. Right. We wouldn't start a new podcast. Exactly. Year. You know, that that's the kind of thing. You know, that's the kind of people you and I are. Not everyone is like that. Of course, the other thing is some people get into something and it takes a little bit longer and things come up. Yeah, they have. Well, they think they can launch it in six months. Yeah. And then it takes two years and it's still not done. Like, it's hard to put your life on hold for that long. So, I, I get it. But it's something that you do have to be aware of is this does take a lot of time. Um, another thing that can be a downside is your boss may not approve of it. A lot of employers don't want you to have a side hustle or have side work. Yeah, a lot of them get mad yeah. when they find out you have that. They 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 want to watch and make sure you aren't misusing resources or violating any kind of NDAs or other employment contracts. Yeah, and so they've got a legal reason for it. But, I mean, the other reason, too, is that a lot of them feel like they may not be getting your best effort. Because mm-hmm. something that you own, you're going to put your first effort into. And that's that's a hard hard line to walk. The other thing that can happen is it can interfere with the regular course of business when you have a hard cutoff on the time you have to leave because of your side work. That's a real problem. I've worked with several developers that have had side hustles and they're like, oh, well, I I have to leave at four o'clock on these three days a week and they'll make the time up. But, you know, hey, if somebody has a problem at 350 in the afternoon during service hours, they're still leaving right in the middle and that can put you in a real bad spot with management. Yeah, it it can, but also it's a ha- boundary setting. Like if you have kids and you got to go pick them up, they're not going to Yeah, that this is this is where I have a little bit of an issue yeah. is because if I had a kid getting out of school and right. I had to go pick them up from school, they wouldn't say anything about it. Right. Whereas if you're making extra money on the side so that you can afford to send that kid to school, um suddenly now it's a problem. I mean, it's a, it's a weird it's a weird thing because it's like, you know, you should be able to do your job and leave, not be a butt in the seat right. person. But a lot of us are at various points. And so it just, it's something to be aware of and to figure out how to mitigate before you go into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, one thing you can do is try to reduce the amount of days or times that you do have hard cutoffs. Yeah. We're structure stuff. I mean, like what we've done with the podcast, like we don't, we do, you know, we'll, we will say, Hey, Monday night, I cannot stay after. But other than that, we really don't do that. And we have stayed after at work too, a few times and just shifted stuff around a little bit. Now, another thing that will happen a lot too, is if you're competent and you do have a side hustle, management may get scared that you're going to leave. And this can actually sabotage you, even though they think you're good because they want to, they want to mitigate the risk for themselves. Along those same lines, this could be a distraction or perceived as one to your day job. Yeah, and you do not want to be the developer who drags into the nine o'clock meeting, you know, exhausted from being up all night working on their side hustle. Now, that's one thing that you and I do very well is time management. And it's something we've had to learn over, over the course of our lives. I know I used to be really bad. I'm a really hard worker, but I used to be really bad at my time management. Yeah. (laughs) Because I would, 
I would work really, really hard at the weirdest hours. Yeah. And you remember from being my roommate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but something that graduate school and working and then going to medical school really helped was getting that. Well, so that- and having the full-time job with the podcast. Honestly, you've grown since getting out of med school, too, on the time management stuff. Because like now, you are very ruthless about cutting out stuff that doesn't move the needle. So, like, it's a different thing than the med school stuff, because med school, you just had to, like, you had to, you know, carpet bomb all the material and learn it. Whereas now you're like, yeah, that's not ever going to happen. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to do something else. Very true. I I have. And it's a skill that I was learning in med school, because one of the things you have to do is know, you have to know all the material on a broad level and figure out what is important enough to go deep on. And so that's a skill I started learning there, but I refined when I wasn't overwhelmed. Uh, That's that's very true. Uh, Just some tips here. Don't take phone calls or emails related to your side hustle while you're on the clock. Try to avoid that as much as possible. Sometimes you can't. You know, if it does happen, try to make sure you work more than enough extra to make it clear that that is not a problem. Right. When you're expected to work 40 hours a week and you put in 45, the fact that you took a 10 minute phone call on Tuesday like nobody cares. No. Or if your boss does care, hey, that's a signal. Get out of there. Yeah. And if you do need to take a 10-minute phone call on Tuesday, make it part of your 15-minute break. Yeah. And don't do it at your desk where everybody can hear you talking about that stuff because it's it's a perception thing. That's what really burns people more than than the actual fact. Mm-hmm. Like I had to take a phone call today. I was in the office and had to take a phone call, a personal phone call today. And so I stepped out into the hallway. I actually ended up riding the escalator up to the, the third floor and walking outside because it was kind of nice. You know, I I left, one, because I didn't want to disturb people, and two, I don't want them knowing my business. Yeah. I mean, there is that aspect of it, too. And, and speaking of that, um, don't bring up the side hustle in conversations with coworkers any more than absolutely necessary. Um, you might be a very disciplined person that manages their time well, but they may not be. And so you can inspire somebody to, I'm going to take on a side hustle too, because Will does it. But that person watches 20 hours of TV a week. They're not going to like cut the TV down. They're just going to try to cut into the work. So you're saying it shouldn't take my coffee mug with our podcast logo on it to work. Uh, you know, <laughs> I've got one too. <laughs> but but you get where I'm coming from, yeah. right? Like that that can kind of backfire and you get blamed in, you know, instead of it being like, no, this person just is undisciplined and they screwed up. But you're, you're like the initial source of the contamination, even though you weren't the problem. Yeah, so you want to be careful about media consumption on the clock, especially if it could be even peripherally related to your side hustle. Now, this is sort of a tricky situation because it may be related to your side hustle and related to your day job, especially if you're doing something like building an application or um, if you're bringing something in from your side hustle to your day job. Yeah, you just don't want it to go the other way or to give the appearance that it's going the other way. Right. Um, the, you know, like for instance, um, you know, we, we have the podcast, right? You and I both read technical stuff during work. It's part of our job. And it would be hard to point at that and go, Oh, you're doing that for your podcast. If it's a tech blog and it's going into, you know, C sharp or SQL or something yeah. like that. However, you and I were caught reading, you know, podcasting blogs, which is kind of a weird thing to do anyway, but you know, exist or yeah, or somebody, you know, that was showing how to do a better podcast or how to do better audio editing. And we get caught doing that on the clock. That will look very bad. So you just got to be careful about that kind of stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Now, that said, reading articles on the company machine, not going to get away with that. If you're listening to a podcast in your headphones, off of your phone, not off of the computer, they, they can't tell. That's true. So it's it's kind of a, a balance here. And you just, the main thing is to not be distracted or to look like you're being distracted. The next downfall is that it will take time away from other things that need attention, like family, friends, other hobbies, things like that. Health. Yeah. Basically, if you sleep eight hours, which you should, give or take, you know, it varies. You either have like, I find that most people that, that don't sleep eight hours, like if, let's say they sleep six. What I've what I've seen with those kind of people is they either have a, a slow ramp down to get to sleep or a slow ramp up to get up. And it still works out to eight-ish hours. Roughly. Uh, there are some people that only need a few hours of sleep. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, there's a general people, rule. Uh, it's, the thing is, eight hours is an average. And yeah. so there are some people that that only need, you know, six to seven hours of sleep. There are some people that really need about nine or so right. hours of sleep. So it, it it is sort of like eight is a average on that. But if you do that and work at least eight hours, that leaves eight hours in the day, not including transit, meals, that sort of thing. Now, you know, you can kind of make some of that up by eating while you work and stuff like that or listening to eating while in transit. Yeah. Um, Or, you know, listening to podcasts while in transit, those sorts of things while you're, you're training and stuff like that. You have to be careful how you spend it. We've talked a little bit already about how we have gotten better with our time management. And this is really something you have to focus on and put effort into. Yeah. And it's not just family, but your friendships can feel the strain when you have a side project that's taking up too much time. I know, you know, you and I've got a friend that we really need to hang out with more. We've been so busy here lately. It's just been really hard to do. And that's something that, you know, we're actively, attentively trying to maintain. Right. He called me last night wanting to hang out and I, I wasn't able to mainly because I wasn't feeling well. But um, I, was, I had to tell him like, man, I, I can't because I just I don't feel up to it and things like that. But, you know, it's right. We, we do. You do have to keep that balance. Um, a lot of this comes from picking ideas that are either too ambitious or timelines that are too ambitious. Right. So you can have a good idea that you want to do. In six months, when really you should give it a year and a half. Uh, you and I, we did a good job with this on the podcast. We started working on it in July. We started talking about it in May, working on it in July, and we didn't publish our first episode until September. Right. Because we we didn't want to feel rushed. And I mean, that's that's crazy important. You know, I've also worked on other projects. Um, the last you know side business thing that I had where I had a partner we picked a project that was way too big, way too big. Like he, you know, he's still working on it and it's still, got, it's got revenue, but mm-hmm. it was, it was too much for two dudes to try to do on the side. This can also impact other hobbies and your fitness. You know, it's a good way to get in big trouble yeah. with, with your health and things. I know, you know, not talking about side projects, but just time consumption. You remember what I looked like before going to medical school. Yeah. I was fit. I was in like, we used to work out two times a week. I was in really good shape. And then I went to med school and I gained about 60, 70 pounds. Yeah. Because I sat and ate crap and didn't exercise, didn't do much. Yeah. Cause you couldn't do anything else. Yeah. And it was, it was all consuming. And you know, your health is a funny thing because it can just like, it sneaks up on you. 
you know, I, I think I've probably gained a little bit of late, a little bit of weight over the last say year, um, just from, you know, mainly from being injured and not being able to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the time commitment anymore. Although early on it was the time commitment and I still managed to do it. Um, but yeah, it'll, this will really, uh, sneak up on you and your mental health can also get kind of a little weird here too, because you get mentally tied in to what's going on in the side project. Mm-hmm. Cause I know like when you and I, when, you know, when Apple cut our numbers by 30%, you remember how that felt? It was like a gut punch. And our podcast downloads, I mean, literally, we lost 30% of our traffic overnight. It, I'll tell you what felt a lot better was when we talked to some of our other friends that are podcasters and, you know, have been doing it for years longer than us. Yeah. And all of them were saying the same thing that is just, it, you know. And there's one or two of them. I think they lost as many subscribers as we have. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, and so that was, that was eye opening. And then, of course, you know, like you got the other side, like when it pops up, right? Like ours has been popping up the last two or three weeks. It's, uh-huh. you know, we're not a hundred percent sure. We've got some suspicions about where that's coming from and how good that feels. I mean, it makes a huge difference in your mood and it's very easy to get tied into the business at a mental health level. And that's something you also have to be very careful about. The next one that we're going to talk about is that people may resent your project because it becomes a target for their frustrations. Yeah. So even if you're really careful about how often you mention your side hustle, you should be prepared for any mistake you make to be blamed on it. So you took a shortcut in some code and it doesn't matter if you did it at 10 o'clock in the morning because you've got a, you know, you've got somebody breathing down your neck and a deadline and you've got a meeting coming up and two other meetings after that and whatever. The fact that you left at 15 minutes early that day, that's what will get blamed for that line of bad code. Not the fact that they're putting other pressure on you because people amazingly self-forgiving when they've got something to blame you for. You need to go to a lot of extra effort on the things that aren't side hustle to avoid this. And this may mean a few extra hours at work, uncompensated hours. Right. And I do that. Yeah, I do too. I, I put in more than my share not every week. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's something that I do to keep from having issues. Yeah, like you don't you don't want to do it every week because then it gets to be expected. But you do it some weeks. You do it when it's needed. And so that that shows that hey, I am dedicated. I am here to work and this is a priority to me. But you you want to have that balance. And understand that most people when comfortable don't understand why you aren't. Yeah. This is like going on a diet. Like if you, you know, when you go low carb and you're in an office full of overweight people, you will hear constantly about how I don't think you should cut a food group out of your diet because, you know, carbs are a necessary food group, right? That same behavioral pattern happens with people that are very happy in cubicle nation. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to try to like pick at you and tear you down and figure out what's wrong with you because you're not thinking like them. And finally, the last downside that we're going to talk about is that it's really easy to get burned out if you're not doing it right. Don't do more of the same thing you do all day if you don't like it. Now, if you love what you do at your day job, yeah, that's would, a different thing. I would almost still say, like, if you're... And especially if you are if you love what you do at your day job and you're still learning and growing, yeah. doing it at your side hustle may be an opportunity for you to try things out 
Yeah, but and, you got to be able to take the risks on the side. Like, right. you don't do exactly the same thing in exactly the same way on your side hustle in exactly the same industry. For one thing, that's a real good way for your boss to think, oh, this is our intellectual property, not theirs. Well, see, but, you, you you threw something out there that I'm not talking about. You said yeah. in the same industry. Yeah. So, like, I you mix same, it up. I said doing the same thing. So, if you really love doing .NET Web APIs and Angular then you can go do that on your side hustle. And, you know, maybe at work you're using AngularJS, you get to go use Angular 5 or something like that, but you're, you you may still do the same thing. Yeah, there. or you switched, you know, from doing uh, accounting-related software at work to doing architecture-related software right, right. on now the, the side. The, the, the domain is different, but what you're doing... Yeah, is, the domain's is, different, not the range. No. No. The dom- <laughs> Sorry. The domain... In the sense of domain-driven development. Yeah. Is different. Like, what area you're building, but the way you're building may be the same. And what I am saying here is that you may do the same thing. Like, I personally would not have a problem building .NET Web APIs in a side hustle in an area outside of government, obvious. But, you know, for some other industry... Yeah, it's the same carpentry, but a different house. Right. That's it. Also, don't do more work than you can actually afford to do. You know, this is kind of the burning the candle at both ends. And Will and I have both been guilty of doing this a lot. Recently. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, we we don't do it all the time. It's not, all right, all year long, we're burning the candle at both ends. It's a couple of weeks here, a couple of weeks there. Yeah. And it gets, and it gets really rough. And then we go, okay, we got to do something a little different. We got to change it up. Um, you don't want to do this over a long period of time. You're going to, you're going to hit spots that are going to be a little rough and you're going to have to push through them. But the idea here is that you don't want to allow cross contamination of your emotional well being and your emotional state between your work and your side hustle. So if you're doing something that you really don't like, let's say you're doing .NET web forms and you're like, you know, I'm good at them. It pays the bills. I can get them done, but it's really not what I want to do then don't go do that in your side hustle. Right. But if, you, if you're doing Angular at work and you love doing Angular, you want to go do Angular in another industry, then that's perfectly fine. I'll tell you another way that the, the emotional cross-contamination will get you is when you're overly positive. Mm-hmm. I've found that one, will, that one will blow up in your face faster than being negative. And yeah. being burnt out from the side project, they're like, oh, well, he's about to quit the side project, so it's good. Whereas if you come in and you're happy, oh, man. People don't like that at all. Mm -hmm. To close out, we're going to talk about a few tips for starting a side project. The first is limit your scope. Nothing is worse than trying something too big and getting most of the way there and then quitting. Limited resume-driven development is okay in a side project. Uh, Learning while doing this is a good way to hedge your bets, but you do have to limit it. Start with a market and work backwards. You don't want to build something that no one really wants. Yeah. And this is a mistake I made uh, for a couple of projects early on. And you you don't want to have to be creating the market while you're also trying to build the product to sell to the market that doesn't exist. Well, and it's also really hard to retool for a different market or when, you know, to pivot. Yeah. Like, you know, they talk about in startups, when people are working full time, they have to pivot and how hard that is. But you're Mm -hmm. not even doing that, right? You're doing, you know. 10 hours a week. That mm-hmm. hurts. Trust me. Pick something that interests you. There's a point where m- money does not motivate you enough to keep going. So you're going to have to pick something that you still have a passion for and you're still interested in. You know, don't just go, oh, this looks like a lucrative field. I'm going to jump into it because 
it's lucrative. That's not going to work very well over time. Come up with a mechanism for taking notes about where you are and plans moving forward. This fits around the rest of your life, so it's going to be what gets interrupted frequently. Right. It should not be what interrupts your life. And it may be interrupted for days at a time, too. Mm-hmm. So don't don't rely on your brain to keep stuff. Like, write it down. Be used to doing that. Have that as a process. It makes it so much less painful. That's what you and I do. I, I've been doing this since elementary school or yeah. high school. I don't remember when I started, but, you know, I would just – I had so much stuff with, like, helping my dad out at the church and doing some stuff with various youth groups in the area and things like that, that I would write things down. I kept a notebook with me even back then of just things. Also, like, I would have ideas and I forget about them. Yep. And so I'd start writing them down. Guys, taking on a side project can help build your career and your skills, provided you do it in an intelligent fashion. If you're considering starting a side project of your own, an early awareness of the upsides and downsides can save you a ton of pain, frustration, time, and money. Careful investment in a side hustle can help you make more money and put you ahead of a lot of other developers. That pretty much wraps us up. Before we close everything out, Will, what do you have for us this week for Tricks of the Trade? I would just say to embrace the oblique. And what I mean by that is a lot of times you look and the goal looks like it's right in front of you, but there's some obstacle in the way. Instead of trying to pound your way through that, try to find another angle to get at it from the side. I'll give you an example. Let's say that you need to refactor a big chunk of code. You know it needs to be refactored. Your boss tends to be resistant to that. Instead of arguing with them and going, hey, I have to convince them that this code needs to be refactored. Another way to do it is to essentially find other ways that that code fails. So like this code may be cumbersome to work with. Your boss may want you to just work with it as it is. But instead of going, okay, well, I've got to convince him that this is hard. Instead, go, hey, there's a security hole over here, right? You're not arguing for refactoring the code for your own benefit. You're just approaching from the oblique and you're you're getting around that defense. So always be thinking that way. Um, you know, we talked about the whole side hustle thing because this is an oblique approach to improving your career instead of training and doing all the corporate stuff. Just want to throw that out there. That's all I got. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Stand By for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. The intro music for IOTs is Hillbilly Hip Hop by Jason Belcher. For references, show notes, and to sign up for weekly emails with extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod and like our page on Facebook to keep up with news about the show. Catch us each week as we broadcast live, talking about what's going on in the tech world and answering listener questions. Learn more about all of our shows and groups by going to CompleteDevelopernetwork.com where you'll find links to Junior Developer Toolbox, Developer Launchpad, and our other communities. Thanks for listening. See you next time.